This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Regis Philbin's final days revealed by Kathy Lee Gifford. I saw Reach get out of the car and I, I sensed some much more fragility. As Kelly Ripa bids a teary farewell to the TV legend. Regis is one of the people that we all believed would figure out a way around the inevitable. And inside the house where he died, surrounded by loved ones. Then, naked Athena reveals herself. It's like being in like that eye of a storm. And fighting off tear gas with leaf blowers. And I feel so guilty. Oh, goodness, what have we done? This mom's warning to America. As a super spreader party hits 35 lifeguards. And the new exodus, abandoning big city life for the suburbs. I'll miss the city so much. Can urban life ever recover after COVID-19? Plus, the TV reporter. Was her life saved after a viewer spotted something on her neck? <laughs> to run to the mirror and go, where? What? What's going on? And doctors in bikinis fighting back after a medical journal said wearing a bikini was unprofessional. It's 2020. It's not 1920. Now. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thanks for joining us. I'm Mary Calvi. In today for Deborah, we're learning more about the final days of Regis Philbin, who passed away of natural causes a month shy of his 89th birthday. His former sidekick, Kathy Lee Gifford, saw him just a couple of weeks ago and says she knew time was running out. Tributes are pouring in today for the legendary Regis Philbin. The, the best is yet to come. Live with Kelly and Ryan devoted almost the entire hour to honoring Regis, who launched the show in 1988. Kelly Ripa held back tears. As people get older, you, you know, you always know that some certain things are inevitable. And um, passing away is one of those things. Regis's longtime co-host, Kathy Lee Gifford, revealed she saw Regis just a few weeks ago and knew the end was near. I, I'd sensed some much more fragility than I'd seen in him since the last time in January out in Los Angeles. We just uh, had the best time, and after they left, I just thought to myself, Lord, is that the last time I'm going to see my friend? Oh. We're learning more about Regis's final days at his home in Britsy, Greenwich, Connecticut, a sprawling estate with six beds which he bought for $7 million in 2008 and sold at a loss just last month for $4 million. Regis was a beloved figure in town. Every Saturday night, he ate dinner at his favorite restaurant, Valbella, at the same table reserved just for the TV icon. 
My friend Regis chair. I haven't buttoned so many buttons since I was a kid. Yeah. Regis's big break came in the 1960s as Joey Bishop's sidekick. I don't want to make it nervous, but Anthony his first morning show gig was AM Los Angeles alongside Sarah Purcell. I spoke to her today. Describe meeting Regis for the very first time. Regis was like meeting a firestorm. <laughs> Regis is just Regis. There's nobody else like him, really. When you think about it, there's nobody else like him. In 1988 came the launch of one of daytime television's greatest success stories, live with Regis and Kathy Lee. After 12 years, Kathy Lee departed. I'm announcing today that I'm going to be leaving our show. And was replaced by another magical pairing, Kelly Ripa. Say hello to my new co-host, Kelly Ripa. At the ripe age of 67, Regis gave birth to another hit, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Regis really had this incredible ability to connect with the audience where you felt like you were welcoming a friend into your living room. In 2011, Regis announced it was time to call it quits. This will be my last year on this show. Through the years, Inside Edition followed Regis's life and greatest moments, including this memorable sit-down with Deborah. Are you happy? Yeah. Very happy. Happy being here with you, Deborah Norville. Now he is gone, never to be forgotten. Celebrating the life of a TV legend. To me, he was just on another level. What will you miss the most about Regis? Everything. And Regis leaves behind his wife, three daughters, and four grandchildren. He will be missed. And now a reminder that even small get-togethers can be dangerous in the age of COVID-19. This woman is feeling tremendous guilt over having a party that led to 11 guests testing positive. Stephen Fabian has details. She held a small family gathering at her house, and now Jill Parker says she is feeling incredibly guilty after 11 guests tested positive for COVID-19. That feeling of guilt was, oh goodness, what have we done? Um, how could I have let myself be exposed, much less provide a venue for other people to be infected as well? With the governor of Ohio at her side, this mom is now appealing to all Americans, don't do what I did. I would remind everyone that there's a, there's a good reason to observe the mask rule and the social distancing. We broke both of those. Other social gatherings are leading to super spreader outbreaks of COVID-19, including at the Jersey Shore. 35 lifeguards have tested positive for COVID-19. The lifeguards were infected after attending two separate parties on July 12th and July 14th. Now they're all under quarantine, leaving the remaining lifeguards stretched thin as people flock to the beach in the middle of a record-breaking heat wave. The pandemic is hitting close to home today for President Trump's inner circle. National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien, who comes in contact with the president every day, has tested positive after catching the virus from his college-age daughter. I wish him well. I hope he's okay. Apparently, it's a light case. I believe his daughter had caught it beforehand. And a San Antonio couple, Brian and Dina Murphy, are being hailed today for their nonstop donations of blood plasma to total strangers who are battling COVID-19. I have donated a total of 12 times. And I've donated seven times. Their blood is rich with COVID-19 antibodies. I feel that it's our duty to do this, to help thy, love thy neighbor and help people. And, um, and I think, you know, if everybody did that, it would just, this world would be a better place. 
The couple has helped save 68 lives with their plasma donations. As civil unrest continues across America, we're now hearing from the woman who faced off against federal agents in nothing but her birthday suit for the first time. She's revealing the story behind those images seen around the world. Naked Athena is speaking out for the first time. I ducked in a doorway and took everything off except for my mask and my hat, and I walked out there. Naked Athena captured the imagination of Americans when she staged a full frontal face down before armed federal agents in Portland. I saw them standing there like that, and this fury arose in me, and I said, I want to be naked. And my partner said, I'll hold your clothes. She told a Portland podcast she's a sex worker in her 30s, but she's keeping her full name a secret. It's like being in like the eye of a storm. Athena spoke as another weekend of violence unfolded across America. One disturbing trend, cars turning into lethal weapons. 66 car attacks on Black Lives Matter protests since the death of George Floyd. There was mayhem in Austin, Texas, as shots were fired from a car as it plowed through a crowd of protesters. 28-year-old Garrett Foster, who was carrying an AK-47, was shot dead. Minutes earlier, he was interviewed by a reporter. They don't let us march in the streets anymore, so got to practice some, some of our rights. In Aurora, Colorado, hundreds scattered in panic as a Jeep bore down on them at high speed. You can see objects being thrown at the vehicle. Rachel Glago was caught up in one incident in Indiana. Luckily, my friend instinctively jumped on the hood of the car rather than letting the car completely run her over. The car went from zero to 50 miles per hour like that. It was so fast. Um, and it was terrifying. Police say several of the car attacks are plotted by far-right activists, inspired by this notorious incident in Charlottesville in 2017, when 32-year-old Heather Heyer was mowed down. <laughs> Vehicular attacks were once a tactic of ISIS and other terrorists. Now cars have become a domestic weapon in the battle for America's streets. <laughs> Meanwhile, another unlikely weapon is emerging. Can you believe? Leaf blowers. Actually, a supercharged leaf blower. I got it today. Uh, why'd you bring it? Oh, to blow the tear gas away. That's right. Protesters are using them to blow tear gas back toward cops. And now cops are also deploying them to blow the gas clouds right back. And perhaps all the civil unrest in cities across the country is boosting a trend we're seeing in the age of COVID-19. People packing up their things and moving to the country. We were with one family joining the exodus. It's a bittersweet moving day for this Manhattan family. Anna Cockerill and her husband James are packing their two-bedroom apartment and heading to the suburbs. With two growing boys, they had thought about leaving the city for some time. Then came the pandemic, and that did it. We weren't really planning on making this move right now, but, you know, with COVID and lockdown and everything's really changed. So we decided this is a good time to, to do it. It's been a tough decision. We will miss the city so much, but we're also really missing the city that we had, and that's not the city that it is at the moment. We came to the city because we like the density, we like the culture, we like the people, we like all the places that you kind of can't go to right now. They are part of a growing trend, New Yorkers who are heading for greener pastures. 
Uh, All our friends are moving out as well, so it makes it kind of easier. Yeah. Welcome to the farmhouse. And here's their new house, 60 miles from the city in Ridgefield, Connecticut. Here's the kitchen. They are officially suburbanites. This feels right. This works. It's. It's a lot of space. There's no question New York City is facing difficult days, and it's not just the pandemic. Once considered the safest big city in America, crime is now rising dramatically. But if history is any guide, many experts say don't write off the Big Apple. New York bounced back after the crime-ridden 70s, after 9-11. And remember the 2008 fiscal meltdown? After all these crises, New York came back better than ever. Too early to give up in New York. Stay here until we have a chance to bring it all back. I do think that New York will bounce back, but I think it's going to take time. And what were things really like behind palace walls between Meghan Markle and Kate Middleton? A new book claims the relationship was even more tense than we ever realized. Explosive claims about the Meghan Markle-Kate Middleton feud are coming to light in the new book, Finding Freedom. In the early days, William, Kate, Meghan and Harry were dubbed the Fab Four, but their relationship quickly deteriorated according to the book. The book is a sensation in London after excerpts were published in the Sunday Times. I spoke to CBS News chief foreign correspondent Mark Phillips. The book purports to describe the history of... Uh, anguish that uh, that Meghan went through in her relationship with the royal family. The book, written by two royal insiders with close ties to Meghan and Harry, claims Kate barely acknowledged her sister-in-law at this now infamous royal engagement as Meghan tried to make eye contact with her. Meghan and Harry were barred from walking in the Queen's procession and sat behind Prince William and Kate. There was much made about this. Harry and Meghan were all smiles and Will and Kate seemed to give them a frosty reception. They clearly weren't buddy-buddy. They didn't walk down uh, through uh, Westminster Abbey arm-in-arm. Arm. The book quotes Megan as telling a friend, I gave up my entire life for this family. I was willing to do whatever it takes, but here we are. It's very sad. Megan uh, and Kate... William's wife uh, don't have that much in common, come from very different backgrounds. According to the book, there was a major strain between William and Harry, starting after Harry told William about falling for Meghan. William told Harry, take as much time as you need to get to know this girl, which Harry felt was condescending, according to the book. A spokesperson for Meghan and Harry says the Duke and Duchess of Sussex were not interviewed and did not contribute to finding freedom. Do you think that this book is the final nail in the coffin of a reconciliation with the royal family? If there was ever any chance of some sort of reconciliation, I'd say that chance has been diminished by the publication of this book. Harry, Meghan, and baby Archie are currently residing in Tyler Perry's $20 million Beverly Hills mansion. You've heard the warning. If you see something, say something. Well, today, a TV reporter is very thankful an alert viewer did just that. Anne Mercogliano has details. As she covered the COVID-19 pandemic in one of the nation's hotspots, this Tampa TV reporter was totally focused on her job. I certainly have not been thinking about my health. I'm just thinking about you know, getting through work every day. <laughs> then Victoria Price received an email from an eagle-eyed viewer. Hi, just saw your news report. What concerned me is the lump on your neck. Please have your thyroid checked. Reminds me of my neck. Mine turned out to be cancer. What was your reaction? I was like, do I just 
disregard it, which I almost did. The viewer was correct. The slight lump on the reporter's neck turned out to be a tumor. Victoria has thyroid cancer. Victoria's story is remarkably like that of Deborah Norville's. You'll recall it was a viewer who also first alerted Deborah to a lump on her neck. The doctor says it's a very localized form of cancer, which tomorrow I'll have surgery to have removed. My doctor broke the news and we kind of talked about what needed to happen next. And he said, you know, if you haven't already, you should read up on Deborah's story because she works in television. She had a pretty recent incident not that long ago. You should you should read up. And so I did. And I was like, wow, it's it's in some ways eerily similar. Last year, Deborah Norville, you may recall, came to our table. She was talking about how she underwent surgery to remove a cancer thyroid, no thyroid nodule after a viewer spotted a lump on her neck. Mm -hmm. So, guys, we always appreciate the viewers weighing in on things. Victoria is only 28 years old. Thyroid cancer is the most common cancer in women ages 15 to 30. It's kind of a sobering reminder that you may be in your 20s and, you know, successful and working and doing all of these things, but you're not invincible. And I think that I had fooled myself into thinking I was. It may have gone undetected for quite some time. Her doctor says the cancer has spread to the lymph nodes surrounding her thyroid. Victoria just posted this video as she entered the hospital for surgery today. Thankful to that viewer who saw something and said something. Let's go rock this and I'll see you guys on the other side. And we wish Victoria a speedy recovery. Next, doctors in bikinis fighting back after a medical journal said wearing a bikini was unprofessional. It's 2020, it's not 1920. And the top five do-it-yourself videos during the pandemic. So good. Wait till you see what's number one. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. A number of doctors are posing in bikinis, sending a message loud and clear. This is not how doctors usually present themselves, but here they are, doctor after doctor posing in bikinis. It started after a prestigious medical journal warned that young surgeons were posting unprofessional photos showing inappropriate attire on social media. The backlash to the bikini shaming article was instantaneous. It's 2020, it's not 1920. Dr. Victoria Dooley responded with this shot to tell women what they should and should not do in social media in this day and age, it, to me, it's just, it is cringeworthy. And it's, it's, that's unprofessional. There's more. Medical student Stephanie said if she goes to the beach, she's wearing this, not scrubs. And Dr. Daisy Sanchez proudly shows off her scrubs and her favorite bikini. This older doctor also clapped back at one particular author of the article to the 28-year-old researcher who says this is unprofessional. I'm old enough to be your grandmother. You should post whatever makes you happy because we are humans too. We're not robots. And when we come back, the top five DIY tutorials search for during the lockdown. DIY searches are popular lately. Here are the top five. People want to look good in lockdown. Makeup tutorials are the fifth most popular DIY search during quarantine. And for all you gamers out there, at number four, it's tips on how to win at video games. The third most popular DIY video during lockdown, how to work out without hurting yourself. And with everyone so germ conscious, the number two spot goes to how to make a face mask. And we must be getting sloppy these days because the number one DIY search is how to remove stains from clothes. 
And up next, honoring a civil rights icon. Finally, saying goodbye. Representative John Lewis made his final journey to the Capitol today. Mourners sitting six feet apart paid their respects as the late civil rights legend became the first black lawmaker to lie in state in the rotunda. A fitting farewell for an American icon. A funeral for Congressman Lewis will be held Thursday in Atlanta. And that's Inside Edition. I'm Mary Calvi. In for Deborah Norville. Stay safe. And we'll see you next time. If you like Inside Edition, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Once upon a beat. Remember those stories and fables that would capture your imagination and you couldn't wait to see how they would unfold? And now, when you read them as an adult, you think some of these old tales could use a fresh spin. We have a perfect podcast to bring you the stories you remember, remix, and reimagine for the kids in your life today. Join me, DJ Fuse, and my trusty turntable, Baby Scratch, as we spin up new tales in the New Kids and Family podcast, Once Upon a Beat. Wondry and Tinkercast are bringing you a jam-packed, music-filled weekly party where hip-hop and fables meet. It's Once Upon a Beat. Follow Once Upon a Beat on the Wondry app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Once Upon a Beat early and ad-free right now by joining Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or Wondry Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Once Upon a Beat. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.